Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are diving into the fifth salesperson, the lifetime customer value salesperson. This is a really important metric to understand in your e-commerce store. So let's get started. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hello, Mark. I am very well. How are you doing? Nice to hear you. What are you you up Um, to? Well, I'm recording a podcast with your good self. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And we are going to cover today the fifth salesperson, which is the lifetime customer value salesperson. So uh, going back to our physical store analogy for an online store, what we want to imagine is if we had a very good lifetime customer value salesperson in the store, um, this person would be, it's almost like the owner. So the owner of the store pretty much has the ability greater than anybody else to actually implement things that make a difference to, to the lifetime customer value of, um, of the store. And the reason for yeah. that is, is because if you think about it, like no one in the business has the ability to kind of put in place customer plans or things like that, you know, big changes that would actually make a difference to the to the lifetime customer value. And we'll get into that and you'll see why that is in the future. And if you think about the the the, the add to basket salesperson, they get the sale, they make sure it comes in, but they don't really care what happens afterwards. The lifetime customer value salesman sits across it all and kind of looks at the business mm-hmm. as a whole and go, right, I've got these new customers. How do I generate the most revenue out of these whilst whilst giving them a good service? And if I give them a good service, they come back and buy. And what can I do about that? So it's kind of like this higher level um, conversation. They're they're sat looking at all aspects of the customer journey and and the Mm. business. And some of it is business design, isn't it? You know, it isn't something Mm. you can... You know, you, you, you can't plug something into this. You can't just to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to change my layout of my pages and I'm going to no. you know, implement some lifetime customer value thing. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, so but actually, Mark, do you want to just summarize the five, say, five salespeople? Yeah. From the, so just, I don't summarize them, just read them out. The greeter salesperson, making sure they're in the right place. The add to basket salesperson, once they've got the rapport, to be able to select the product that the person wants. Then the basket to order salesperson that takes them says, okay, you want that? We're going to take that to the till and we're going to check them out, make sure all your questions are answered. And then we have the average order salesperson, which we talked about last week, which is increasing the order size, making sure that they get all the things for the job to be done. uh, done. And then we're into the last one, which is making sure that customer comes back and buys over and over and over again so that we actually um, have got a business to to stand on. So the, the the first thing to talk about really is, you know, what is lifetime customer value? How do you measure it? That's the first thing people kind of yeah. fall over on. Yeah. And just from a yeah. simple, just from a simple way. I mean, there's, there's different ways of doing it. You can do it at different time periods. You can do it over six months. You can do it at twelve months. I usually just get all the all the revenue from the last twelve months and divide it by the unique number of customers. 
And that's just a broad brush way of trying to work out what the lifetime of customer value is at a point in time. Now, I know that's going to be skewed by the fact, let's say you've just gone through Christmas and you've recruited a load of new customers. Obviously, they haven't had time to mature and buy again. So that's going to skew it. But if you take it at the same time each year and then you know, look at it year on year, you're going to get an idea of whether the mm. lifetime customer value is going up or whether it's going down. So that, that's the first mistake people make is that, you know, you ask them what the lifetime customer not, value is. Out of interest though, Mark, would, you not, would you not do it one step further than that? Would you not say, like, take the month that we're in now, it's May 2021, you know, of the customers, the new customers that we recruited in May 2020, how many of those have got ahead and bought again? And what have they yeah. spent? Well, and you do that each month. Yeah, but I, that's kind of when I'm digging into the figure. I might go into it in a bit more detail. I might go, well, what are my what are my my segments? You know, if people buy again, how quickly do they do, do they do it? Do they do it within thirty days? Do they do it within six months? You know, that then I'm looking at a cohort analysis and I'm getting more more into it. But just for a broad brush, like I like to know what the lifetime customer value yeah. is for the past twelve months from unique customers. And then I like to just look at that once a month and see where it's going. And then once I've got enough data, looking at year on year to yeah. make sure that it's okay. going up so, rather than down. So I think there's a couple of questions then. I mean, number one, there's actually loads of questions around lifetime customer value because it's an area that people really either, it's because it's slightly ambiguous and there's lots of different ways of thinking about it. People tend to ignore it. But it's one of the most important ways of scaling your e-commerce business because if you get it right, it's super profitable. You know, it can mm. be the turbocharged big, big lever that you can pull and put into a business. And, you know, you, when you talk about game changes, I mean, this is where you get the big game changes. You know, when you're doing conversion rate optimization or average order value stuff, you know, you might get 10% here, 10% there. You know, you increase your add-to-basket rate from 6% to 7.5%, or your average order value from £80 to, you know, £86. And they are very important not to be sniffed at. But when, when you start looking at lifetime customer value, you can get your customer database to buy, you know, three times a year rather than one time, once a year, you know, or twice a year, you know, it is fundamental. You've doubled your revenue. I mean, you know, broadly putting it simple, if you got everybody who was buying once to buy twice, you would double your revenue. Yeah. And, you know, so you've doubled your revenue for no extra advertising cost. And that is a phenomenal game-changing thing to happen. And it yeah, falls into... All right, John, go on. Anything to, anything? Well, I was just going to say, it, it's a tailwind, isn't it? It's a tailwind that, that increases the add-to-basket rate and the basket-to-order rate. Because if you've got a, a proportion of people coming through and repeat ordering, they're obviously going to – they know you. They're happy to buy again. Every, you know, a lot of their, their questions have been answered. They know how it works. And so they, they're always going to convert better. Well, like normally going to convert yeah. better than cold traffic who would come to site for the first time. Yeah. So you're going to see it raising add-to-basket rates. And that's so, why – you know, we see a high yeah. level. I mean, you, cool. you've seen some huge add-to-basket rates. But... Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, you know, it, it, so where, you know, I mean, ultimately, 
lifetime customer value just sorry backing up a step a tiny bit but the, you know the two fundamental questions in e-commerce that you've heard us talk about all the time is number one how much does it cost to recruit a new customer and number two how much is that customer worth to us over a lifetime and that mm. is the fundamental questions to ask in any e-commerce business and the second one is what we're talking about is you know the lifetime customer value how much is that customer worth to us if, if we if we've bought we've paid for them using paid marketing um and now we want to say well how well how much can we get out of them and mm. you know where it where the lifetime customer value shows itself in your target sheet um is in the conversion rate that's where it shows itself mm. so Take an extreme example there, and a couple of extreme examples that we've seen over the years that's like, whoa, nearly fall off our chair, is you look at businesses that sell things like contact lenses, something where, or vaping, you know, the, you know, the smoky, smoky vaping stuff, mm. you know, mm. so anything where there is a massive, repeat, natural, high lifetime customer value, you know, the, do you know what the conversion rate is? Of uh, the average content, someone who sells in contact lenses online. Do you know what it is? Because if you don't, I'll tell you. On average, yeah. 15%, 15%, 15 wow. is what they would be, you know, ha unhappy with. I had a conversation yeah. with, a, with a customer that was selling vaping, um, you know, refills for the vaping cigarettes, yeah. e, e cigs, and their, their conversion rate was 18%, and they were unhappy with that. They wanted 23 Wow. It takes um, me it takes me back to when I I first moved to New Zealand and I I I was well, ten years ago probably now and I had a reputation for doing conversion rate optimization back then and I got pulled into one of the biggest travel insurance companies in New Zealand and if people in New Zealand will know who I'm talking about and they said that they wanted to do um, some conversion rate optimization. And I asked them what their conversion rate was, and they said, oh, it's 60%. And I said, but well, you're telling me that out of 100 people who come to the site, 60 people convert? And he says, yes, that's what happens. And I was just like thinking, you know, because to get, to get a 10% increase, you're, you're, you're asking that to go to 66%. That's 6% rise, which is effectively more than most e-commerce's yeah. e conversion rate on its own. Yeah. And yeah, the reason why they have such a high uh, conversion rate is because people, they, that's who they have for travel insurance, and they only go to the website when they want to renew their policy and just buy a new policy, and it's just done. And yeah. so, you know, it, there are times when this lifetime customer value just makes the conversion rate go ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, that, and, that, and that is, I mean, obviously, those are extreme examples, and in a real-world example, that is not the case so you know the typical typical conversion rate for a new website you know if you can have a typical conversion rate would be like two percent and if you've got a an overall e-commerce business that's got a, a, you know someone's buying two and a half times a year on average you got an average order value of 60 pounds you know you might find a conversion rate of four and a half five percent i mean they're literally mm. shooting from the hip that's the typical mm. conversion rate but some businesses are nowhere near that but the lifetime customer value is is hugely significant in the conversion rate so if you're selling like a mm. water piece of you know a furniture for you know four thousand pound piece of furniture online you can you're never going to get conversion rates that are really high you, you know you're going to be like you know half a percent conversion mm -hmm. rate so the, this lifetime customer value 
it shows itself on your your target dashboard. And I presume everyone knows what our target dashboard is. If you haven't got your target dashboard, you should you should get one. <laughs> Mark, we should put that we'll put that in the show notes. Well, it's basically a big Excel spreadsheet you put your number in. So we should we should have that. So I think ultimately, why do we want to increase the lifetime customer value? Now that's really obvious why, you know, a you know, obviously it's going to increase the revenue of the business, but what does it physically allow us to do? in terms of the ROAS. And that's the key thing here. Yeah, so the return on spend. So return on on ad spend. Yeah. So ROAS is basically return on ad spend. And the whole ability to scale an e-commerce business relies upon the fact of you having a return on ad spend that means that you can buy traffic, recruit a customer profitably. And... Mm. The bigger the lifetime customer value, the lower you can push your return on ad spend and still be profitable. So yeah. to just put it in real world example, if you if your ROAS, your return on ad spend was five times, that means you spend a pound and you need five pounds back. Based on if everyone was only people only people were only buying once a year. So if they buy yeah. twice a year. If you go below five times, you, it, your business becomes unprofitable. But if you change mm-hmm. the lifetime customer value and they bought twice a year, all of a sudden, that means you you can be much more aggressive with your return on ad spend. You can take that down to theoretically, let's just keep things simple, two and a half times. And that means that you've then opened up a huge amount of traffic opportunity into your business that was not profitable before. And remember... You can click your fingers in most e-commerce businesses now. You can click your fingers and get 100,000 people to your website tomorrow. So traffic is not a problem. It's mm. it's there, but you have to be able to buy it profitably, which is why the lifetime customer value is this salesperson is held within such high regard because they literally have the power to bring fundamental game changes in the, into it, which allows you to be much more aggressive on your advertising budgets because you've got a business mm. that can stack up, you can handle it. You know, it mm. can take it. You, you know, whoever wins the race is the business who will win the race. Imagine if you're competing online on Google Shopping or Facebook product ads for a product that everyone else is selling and, you know, the, it's 300 pounds and, you know, you, you've got a kick-ass lifetime customer value business and we'll, cut, uh, we'll come on some stories about how we've done it and how we've seen clients do it really well to get the life to cut the value up. But just, just indulge me for a second. If you're, if you're competing against everyone else on Google Shopping, margins are the same. The price, let's say it's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's, I don't know, a DVD player or whatever. Not a DVD player, but that's what I'm looking at now. But, you know, something <laughs> like... Um, What's that? Like a, I think that's ridiculous. So, okay, just something like a, you know, a fridge, all right? And yeah. you, you're competing against this fridge. Everyone else is on this fridge online. Same price, same margin, same delivery, and same advertising places. But you've got a kick-ass lifetime customer value model in your business that you know you're going to put them into this program, and you know that they're going to come back and buy again. So yeah, yeah. How, what does that mean in terms of how aggressive you can be? You can outbid your competitors because you know 
you, unlike you, they don't have a kick-ass life and customer value strategy in place. So therefore, they're stuck. They're like one-hit wonders. Their business kind of is worth nothing because they, well, they're to, only selling one honest, product. It's, yeah, but what's even more interesting is it's very rare that I ever talk to an e-commerce owner and we do the strategy things. We do the the, the the coaching groups. We do the high-end, all the stuff. Like, how often have I gone to the customer and said, what's your lifetime customer value? Like, very rarely do they know the answer yeah. to that question. They, they, they've never looked at yeah. it. Um, and even if they have, I say, okay, what was it last year, this time last year? And they'll go, I don't, I don't know. Mm. And it's like, well, that really is the fundamental metric in your business that you need to know how much does a customer cost you to get and how much is your customer worth over the lifetime that's really all you're doing and so if you think about it all the all your competitors out there they probably don't know what their lifetime customer value is either so what they're doing is they're going well i got that sale how much did that cost me in in that sale how much did that cost me there oh i can't go to five because i'm losing money on the sale even if they've got a really high lifetime customer value because they've worked it out they don't know what they can go to. Yeah. They don't know that they blind. can go to a lower robot. Yeah. Completely and, and blind. And I mean, the first step is the first, I completely agree. It's a conversation that just seems to get forgotten about. And it's like, it's a no brainer to do it. And the first thing is that customers often don't know what the lifetime customer value is. But then if they do know, the next step is now, well, what products? Do people buy on their first visit that lead to a better lifetime customer value? Because you then you'll have mm. certain pockets of products that people buy first that, that lead them to be a more loyal customer. And who which mm. products are you therefore going to put a bigger budget behind? Obviously, the ones that give you know a much better lifetime customer value. And we've talked about yeah. that example of the of larger men's tailoring, larger men's clothing. Mm. You know, when you if you're selling larger unusual sizes the t- the, the lifetime customer value for certain, those certain products tends to be a bit higher so therefore you put budget behind yeah. those because... it's sticky it's stickier isn't yeah, it sticky. Yeah, once, once yeah. someone yeah. who finds buying clothes difficult finds someone who sells clothes that fit that just yeah. like done that's that's the place i'm gonna go yeah. buy my clothes from oh you know I'm, I'm i'm fine i don't need to go and be embarrassed every time i go to a shop and can't find any shoes that fit my big feet stuff like that so it, i mean there it, are it's, some, it's yeah you, you know there are some one you know this is why the subscription businesses are the super sexy is e-commerce businesses now where they're getting these big multiple value valuations because they've got they've got an active customer base and mm. and that's what mark and i we would look for in if you know if we're investing in an e-commerce business we will look for the, you know what's the value of the customer database because that's basically the bank mm. and mm. and that's why subscription based businesses are so are so valued so highly because of of their active customer base so i mean ultimately then you know what we've said so far is that that lifetime customer value salesperson is is like the key in ultimately growing a big profitable scalable e-commerce business i mean you know but when should you start looking at it? Because, you know, if you haven't got any customers, you know, you have to recruit customers first. 
So of course you've yeah, got to get customers. customers. You've got any customers. You can't. You don't no know the money. figures. Yeah. You don't know the figures. Exactly. But then you know, I'd argue that you would start on the left of the salespeople, and you'd go and work out from the, you know, yeah. make sure your greeters going, your ads, blah 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 blah. Once you've got some customers, you've got some data. After six months, you should have a, a decent idea of whether people are buying again. You know, a lot of the yeah. times we've looked at it, like we've actually found that if sometimes people buy again, they buy again within 30 days. Yes. A lot yeah. of the time, especially if it's yeah. something like home decor, those kind of things. It's like they're doing something up. They have a, a need for it and they go, right, I'll buy some cushions. I'll buy some plants. Oh, I forgot to buy that. Oh, they've got that. I'll go and buy that as well because it, that, that worked out well. So, you know, you, you need to understand how people are buying and when they buy and how you can get them to buy again. So go with the flow of the river. You know, what is it that's, that your repeat business customers do that make it easier for them to do it? Because that's just the yeah. way that humans work. Yeah. You make it easy. Yeah. I remember I remember a story from a friend, friend of ours, you know, I mean, you know through, through, through our e-commerce group. A friend of mine phoned me up, and, it, you know, this, this is, you know, they were a decent-sized business already. I think they were doing about five million at the time. And he phoned me up and he said... He said, "Look, how, you know, what, what's the what's the quickest way to grow this business? You know, mm-hmm. fundamentally, what, what you know, what can I do? What, what can I do to to push it past this next level? You know, and straight away I said, well, you know, and he basically said, what's the quickest thing I can do without spending any more money? You know, without fundamentally mm-hmm. putting in a load of how can I scale this business? And I said, well, the only option is you have to get your current customers to buy more in a 12-month period that's what you've got to do mm. you've got to get your lifetime customer value up you have to get the customers that are are buying to buy again and and, if, mm. and that means you don't have to increase your recruitment budgets you know your paid advertising mm. um you just mm. need to get your current customers to buy again so you know how and, I, and he said well how do how do we do that and i said well i said well first of all Let's see how many customers are already buying more than once in the database. You know, who, mm. who is already a multi-buyer? Because if they're already a multi-buyer, they're probably like the brand, they like your company, and they're probably quite likely to buy again. And, mm. and by the way, that always tends to be the case, that the multi-buyers are the loyal the most lo- the most loyal customers are the customers that a have bought more recently but also have bought more than once so you know and essentially we said well if so what did you target, what did you do we with basically them? said you? we said well if we if these customers already you know like us how could we get them to buy again so we so so we essentially we we gave the loyal customers free delivery for mm. 12 months so we gave and how did, you how did you communicate we, that to them? We emailed them a personal email from the founder saying, yeah. look, we're so love that you've that we you know we you know, you've bought multiple times from us. You know, we've recognized this. Um, and it basically put them into a VIP program. Mm. And, and it said, look, we love that you've bought more than once from us. We're so proud of of our you know what 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 we're doing. We're so it's lovely to have you here. And as a thank you, we're going to give you free delivery next day for 12 months. And we added a little customer attribute on it. I mean, you can do it with a code, you can do it, but you can do it with whatever. Um, mm. And so we gave them free delivery and that, and that, and 
to the people that really wanted it. And we also gave them a £20 loyalty cash, basically, as well, to spend to the, right. on themselves or their friends and family. And did you did you do anything to kind of tell them they were about to drop off that VIP or yeah, so so that you know, so like we did it. We we did two things. We did two things. We first of all we identified who these customers were and we said, Hey, we love you. You love us, we love you. You know, this is amazing. Here's free delivery for the next 12 months, and here's 20 pounds. And mm. that was like a one-off thing that we did. And then we implemented a VIP program so that any customer that bought for the first time mm. we gave them um this kind of like lovely welcome like wow it's so awesome that you're here you know and as a thank you you know here is 20 we gave them 20 pounds once a month mm. if they bought you know if they bought they gave them 20 pounds and we also gave them the option in the checkout to upgrade to next day delivery for free and if they did that, they got twelve months normal delivery for free. So that's a bit like Hang on. the. So they they got it for free. They got next day delivery for free, and they got they, they didn't have to pay anything to get that privilege. You just well, the way upgrade. No, what why wouldn't is, uh, if they if they went from if they if they upgraded for guaranteed next day delivery, which I think was like yeah. you know seven pounds. It, oh, I it, see. We actually so they did have to pay slightly this, more. Yeah, we will we we will actually bundle in 12, 12 months. But what a lot of businesses right. do, depending on the size, what a lot of you know, what a lot of businesses would do, the bigger guys, is they actually let you pay. So ASOS do this, and loads mm. of big retailers online do this. You pay a certain amount and you get 12 months free delivery. That's right. very, very powerful. Like because, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, it's Amazon Prime. And it's very, very powerful. I mean, if you think about it, what, what we were basically doing is using some of the recruitment costs. Because you know, if you think, in order to grow this business from like five, six million that it was doing at the time, you know, we would have had to, in order to get, we'd have had to have got new customers. And we would have mm -hmm. then had to paid a lot of money in recruitment costs through, you know, to paid advertising channels. So we used some of that budget to incentivize the existing customers to come back and buy, you know, mm. but significantly less than we would have done. The recruitment cost was much, much lower mm. and much more profitable to do so. And, you know, so we implemented that. It's probably about three or four years ago now. And, you know, I mean, that, that, they, they were, it was a game changer. You know, it really, really mm. was. I mean, it, you know, but I have to say there's one thing that is difficult. <laughs> It is difficult to immediately see the impact of anything yeah. like that because you it have is, to wait. Yeah. You really don't know. It's, you can't go. Oh, you, know, you can't split test week. it, can you? You can't no, split very, test it because you have. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's something you have to kind of know you're doing the right thing, and you have to be confident mm. to do it. It's like when you put a rewards program in, and they go, "Well, is it working?" After like a month or two months, you're like, "Well." It, yeah. How how do you know? You don't know. It's very difficult. No. It's very difficult to tell. So you have to you have no. to you have to you have to get your business metrics right, and you have to just basically well, what would happen if our you know our customers you know went from an, buying an average of one and a half times a year, which by the way is the average e-commerce stat of of lifetime customer value in a twelve month period. The average is one and a half. They buy one and a half times a year. 
you know, mm. if you want an average stat across across the board of hundreds of e-commerce clients, it's one and a half times a year. Well, what would happen if that average went to two and a half times a year? You know, what would that yeah. mean to the business? Whoa, it would mean, you know, the revenue goes to nine million. It would mean that the the ROAS could go from a minimum of six to a minimum of four. And mm. and and we and that would allow well, us to recruit more well, customers. Let me tell as, you, let me tell you a story about someone um, I've been story. working with for years, and um, he, I, I've been I've been running his AdWords for years, and I used to he used to say to me, right, here's I used to spend ten thousand for you know forever, and I had to hit a ROAS of about five. So I had to, for every ten pounds I spent, I had to get fifty pounds back. Then he went through this whole process of increasing the lifetime customer value and got it all up and then worked out his numbers. Now he says to me, I want you to get a ROAS of 1.9 and I want you to spend £100,000 a month. And yeah. so think of that difference. £10,000 at five to £100,000 a month at 1.9 because the machine is there. It's basically yeah. you know doing a, a double-digit new customers a day uh, in the business. So there's huge amounts of people coming into that business. There's huge amounts of people coming into those loyalty programs and those VIP programs. Of course, some of those people are going to want to buy more than once. Some of those people are going to become fans. There's a mechanism now for those people to uh, get on to that and just buy it over and over and over again. Whereas before, that wasn't there. Everybody, all the customers were treated the same. They came on, they bought something, and whether they liked it or not, they might pop back, they might not. There was no strategy. There's nothing, no. nothing happening. So now it allows them to identify who those big customers could potentially be, reward them, and give them opportunities to be great customers. So it, it was putting things in place to allow people to be great customers, which unless you have that strategy, you don't have it. No, no one's yeah. going to do it for you. Customers aren't going to just kind of magically up your 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 lifetime customer value strategy, which is why we said it's, it's something that the owner or someone senior in the business needs to actually design, because yeah. it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult if you're the owner and you kind of go, oh, you you you, uh, you go and do lifetime customer value, and then difficult for them to do it because if you're going to turn around and say, is it working? And they're going, I don't know, and then you stop it because it doesn't work. You need to own it. Because you know it's going to be one of the most hardest yeah. things to measure at the beginning, and it needs to be done right and got right. So that's yeah. why it's such a senior salesperson it, in our it, in it our is. in because our it, thing. Because I mean, ultimately, you know, you know, the truth of the matter is, ultimately, lifetime customer value is affected or influenced much much more by the type of products that you're selling, and you know, mm. and the job to be done. You know, you're gonna. It's hard if you've got something that's a one-off purchase you're going to have a tough job to get them to buy something again. So you then got to think, well, what can I do with this database? What else, what other products can I bring in that allow mm. me to monetize this list? And, and I mean, it is massive. I look at, I've got so many little stories in my head of businesses that have been, you know, where they've got, where they stuck at like, you know, 6 million and they just couldn't get past 6 million. And, you know, but if and they got mm. the lifetime customer value and they doubled it, and then all of a sudden now they're knocking on 20, 30 million. And it's mm. like without fundamentally understanding the you know that that second element of the question is how much is that customer worth to us? 
they just mm. would never ever have scaled and never been able to grow. And also, also it's difficult because it's nothing an agency can help you with. You can't go yeah. to an agency and say, help me in my lifetime customer value because an agency, they're, they're media buyers. They just move things around in AdWords accounts, Google Ads accounts, and Facebook accounts and stuff. They might do a little bit of retargeting, which might kind of get those customers to come back, but they can't do anything for the lifetime customer value plans and the VIP plans and all that kind of stuff. That mm-hmm. is something we need to own as e-commerce owners. We have to own it and we have to create yeah. it and we have to know those numbers and we have to know the moving. Do you know, direction. you know, the businesses who are really good at this, you know, and no. obviously we're comparing this to bricks and mortar, but the businesses that are really good are the old school direct mail catalog industry. You know, mm. they actually are miles ahead of you know a pure e-commerce player in the mm. way because they've been analyzing this for years and years and years. And you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot there. You know, well, of, you know that because that's all our, all our first well, customers were all a lot of, of, a lot of our customers. Yeah, a lot of our customers were were, were direct mail catalog companies. Um, you know, back in the day, and and I think that's where a lot of our strategy and thoughts came from. But you know, in terms of them analysing, you know, which you know, which you know, how what were the multi buyers and and where they come from, and you know, they they were they were all over this. Um, you know, and and what did they do? Did see. they send? Did they send more? I mean, they had a house file. Well, did they send more brochures to the to the, the yeah. people? The yeah. orphan and things like that, or, or you yeah, know, just I mean, I'm sitting, you must have sat in thousands of those meetings. So, what what would they? Yeah, what would they do. I mean, ultimately, they they sent more communications to the people that were already buying. You know, so mm. they would they would they would drive more brochures to the to the multi buyers, and what's happened over mm. the years. Is that a lot of them have a lot of? I mean, actually, it's a very, very legitimate point that you know that you that rather than doing cold recruitment using brochures, that a lot of that budget's gone online, but they're still sending brochures and catalogs to their existing customer base, but only the ones that uh, are demonstrating their multi buyers and their loyal. Mm. Because of course, with a direct mail campaign, you've got a cost. It's not like email; you can't just send emails. Yeah, it doesn't cost you any more to send more emails. Ultimately, you know, to some extent. But with like direct mail, there's a cost. You got to print the brochures. You have yeah. to you have to post it out, and you obviously like have to um, have to manage the whole thing as well. So um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think we when we started. They'd send brochures to everybody. They'd do cold brochures and they'd go and get all the data yeah. from Abacus and they'd go and look at data from other people's and who's been buying and that kind of things. And they do all that. And that seems to that seems to reduce a lot. And now they're just literally mm. going to their house files and going to the multi-buyers and the recent multi-buyers and they're building that. And they're building like those VIP programs for those multi-buyers and communicating with those because yeah. they, they're still worthwhile doing, isn't it? Yeah. And having a relationship with those people. In a different, oh, in a different way, on, way. You know, this this lifetime sales per, salesperson is focusing on the customers that they know are the loyal customers. He's giving they are giving them an amazing service. Yeah. They're focusing their attention on the people that matter. You're not the person that's come in and bought something for thirty quid. You know, that's never going to come back and buy. They they're knowing that if someone's bought these products, they and they know instinctively who their most loyal customers are, and they treat them differently. 
and mm. and and the customer feels that they're friends with this life and customer value salesman that they you know i always buy my stuff and that's what happens in these old school shops and that's what it is yeah fundamentally, so it's it's, so it's, it's fundamentally like the lifetime customer value salesperson what their skill is is recognizing a a, a big spender a big customer and in e-commerce we need to understand the attributes that a big spender is so we can recognize them, we can do something different with them. And that yeah. that's the fundamental thing of what we're talking about, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Massive. Well, thank you very much, Ian. That was interesting. And I hope yeah. we've already got a lot out of it. I think next week we'll do a question and answer session because we haven't done one of those for ages. Okay. So I'll put something up on the Facebook group um, ask some questions and see if we have any questions and we'll do that next week because we've just finished our five salespeople. so anyway thank you very much Ian I will speak to you next week and I'll thank see you. everybody else on the uh, the group calls that we do and um, we'll have a talk about lifetime customer value awesome great bye bye